hi, hello, and welcome back to the podcast that helps you get through your CMAP studies without once wishing you were literally anywhere else. We still haven't figured out what the name for this is, and nope. we're only 22 episodes in Yeah, at this nearly point. done. But if you're new here, hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm the founder of Future in Finance, and I'm here with Maria, the money muggle, who might need to say something for the microphone. Hello, hi. not everybody watches this, but you can <laughs> check it out on YouTube if you are listening on your favourite podcasting platform. It's great to have you back if you are back. If you're new, thanks so much for joining us. The whole point of this podcast is to help you get through your CMAP studies without once wishing you were literally anywhere, anywhere else. Yeah. This week, we're going to be covering topic 22 of the CMAP 1 textbook. So we're going to talk in, be talking about consumer credit. Ooh, yay. I quite like this one. I feel like we've had quite a few runs where I've been like, this one is really dull. And a lot of the time they have been. Yeah. I quite like talking about consumer credit and I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's because of my sordid history with consumer credit, <laughs> which, which I'm sure we'll come on to at some point. But this is all about unsecured lending. Okay. So secured lending is on when your loan is secured on something. Like, House. Exactly. Child. Car. Yeah. So a car is a funny one because cars can come under the Consumer Credit Act. I thought though... you were going to be like, child's a funny one. You just, yep. Yeah, just <laughs> take Slid right past. <laughs> cars are a bit of a funny one because I think they fall under consumer credit regulation. Okay. Even though technically you, they could take the car as collateral, still classes of consumer credit. Right. But unsecured lending, so loans, personal loans, credit cards, car finance, um, or higher purchase agreements is another right. one they're called. Yeah. All comes under consumer credit. And with everything else, or like with everything else, there is regulation that we need to know Yay. about. There are two, or have been two, consumer credit acts. So we had the Consumer Credit Act. I'm going to guess this before I check my oh. notes. 1986? I can't read your notes from here. 1974. So. I was way Wildly off. off. 1974 was the first one, and then we got an updated one in 2006. So basically, the 1974 one set out the consumer credit regulation initially. It's the first piece of literature, legislation, whatever you want to call it. The 2006 one just expanded on it to keep up to date with the times, you know, like the internet and the birth of people taking stuff out over the phone because people don't want to interact with other people anymore. See self-help checkouts. We no longer go into branch for a loan if we can We can't up. go into branch because they've closed them all. Wow. All right. She sounds just like my grandma. Yes. Well, I don't know what bank I'm going to switch to because they're all closed down. Why would you possibly need to go into a bank this day and age? Barbara, tell me. Because the arthritis thumbs can't use the phones. Oh, you're talking from like a care perspective, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, I'm really sorry. Okay, well, I take it all back. I mean, your grandma's case is just because she doesn't want to speak to people. And I can respect I that. I respect that. Me too. <laughs> but that's the idea with consumer credit. So it is unsecured lending. Because it's unsecured, it is higher risk and therefore usually comes with a higher interest rate. Yep. And there's stuff for the purposes of your CMAP exam, but also for grown-up purposes that we should know about so that you don't get into trouble when it comes to consumer credit speaking from <laughs> personal experience which i'll probably touch on and bore you with at some point so the financial conduct authority the fca the big guys they are responsible for regulating consumer credit yeah there is a caveat to say that further advances sometimes it's called additional borrowing on your mortgage right 
So, you know, when you're like releasing equity in your mortgage. Okay. Not covered under the Consumer Credit Act because oh. it's already covered under the mortgage conduct to business rules because you're securing it against your house. Yeah, got it. Does that make sense? Yes. Fabulous. So additional borrowing or further advances or whatever you want to call it is not covered under the Consumer Credit Act. There is a consumer credit source book. It's called, I think it's called the Consumer Credit Source Book, CONC, C-O-N-C. It always makes me laugh when I see it in the textbook, but we need to know that it exists. Okay. There is 15 sections to it, and like everything else, it's really dull. Can I say that? You are allowed to say that, but now you need to tell people that they need to know it for their exam. You need to know it, not just for your exam, Maria, but to make sure that you are fully prepared for giving regulated financial advice it is very very yeah, we, important we always forget about that bit mm-hmm. like you're, you're doing this so that you can be the best yeah so it's very important i'm not going to cover it or we're not going to cover it in this podcast because it doesn't make for particularly entertaining listening and let's be honest that's exactly what we're here for we're <laughs> here to try and switch up your cmap studies so that you don't yeah. give up just to support you so there is a consumer credit source book i'm actually going to double check that that's definitely what it's called but it's called conk and it covers it's all the rules and restrictions that is given to lenders who provide consumer credit okay it talks about a bunch of different stuff one of the key things that it mentions in there is the apr rate and i just want to make sure that we all kind of have a rough understanding of what that is so if you ever see an advert for car finance or a credit card you will see offered at 6% APR, offered at 4% APR. Have you ever seen that on an advert? Yes. What advert was it? Can you remember? Or roughly, was it car finance? Oh my God, it It was one of those well dodgy loan companies. (laughs) what What was the one with the puppets, the fucking creepy puppets? You know the one I'm talking about. And then they moved to um, animation and the puppets were like the Muppets puppets was literally clearly someone's hands in the mouths. You know who I'm talking about. I don't. I can only remember Sunny. You remember those? Oh. Na, 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 na. Wonga. Was it Wonga? Oh, was it Wonga? I think so. I feel like one of them. Anyway, yeah, and it was like 7,046% APR. Yeah. It'd be like, okay, so you miss a payment on that, you bollocksed. Yeah. Forever. So actually, this is a fun fact for you. And it is mentioned in the textbook as well, so it's not too much of a segue. Pay, payday loans, that's exactly what we're talking about. They, right. They're called high-cost short-term borrowing. Mm-hmm. They are a form of borrowing. Most people call them payday loans. They were well popular right when I was well skint and getting into a bunch of debt about seven or eight years ago. So, Yeah, it was like, they, they advertised them, didn't they? They would be like, oh, your car's broken down. We, you just need you to get to payday. just need to get to payday. Like, let us fuck you over for the rest of your life yeah um (laughs) can you see me five years later (laughs) just fresh out of it so that's what a payday loan was the fca eventually stepped in with payday loans and said enough so how kind of them that's why you don't see them advertised i don't think they operate at all anymore there was a big compensation scheme that basically said if somebody had a payday loan they had to be given a a level of compensation depending on how much they'd borrowed and what would have happened had they put that money into an investment account or something. I don't okay, know. Okay, so proper actual compensation, yeah. not just like his, your 50 quid stop being a wanker. No, it was almost like PPI compensation, but on a much smaller scale. 
Okay. So payday loan companies, I don't think that they operate anymore. If they do, they operate under such stricter rule sets that they can't do what they used to do, which was, hey, just get till payday, pay it off. But if you can't pay it off in full on payday, we will spank you for the rest of your lives. Yeah, I think there are a couple that still operate, um, still operate but they are, they seem not quite so cowboy, slightly more mainstream. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's all being a little bit less cowboy. Yeah. So that's where you can see APR. You can also see APR on stuff like credit cards. So mm. as I've mentioned four million times, so I used to be in an IVA. Yeah, I'm now out of my IVA. One of the reasons I got into an IVA, which if you don't know, is an individual voluntary arrangement. It's when you have so much debt, you can't do it anymore. And you ring an IVA company, they put you into an agreement that says, hey, we'll take all of your debt, you pay off a certain amount of money over five years, and then you're debt free. Sounds great. You can't take out any debt whatsoever during that five year period. And at the end of that five year period, your credit rating is shot through the floor and you have to work on building it back up again. Yeah. And that's around about where I am now. So I've just applied for my first credit card. Well done, Pam. Thanks. Not just because I want to get into more debt. That is not the point of this. Yeah. The point is if you get a credit card and you are responsible with it, so you just use it to pay for your fuel and you pay it off in full at the end of every month. It is one of the best ways that you can start to build up your credit. So I have one of those, like, if you've got poor credit, credit cards, my APR is 50.9%. And I was speaking to a mutual friend of ours, and I think she just got a credit card at, like, 3.2%. So that's just to, to, like, look after your credit score. Don't get into debt, guys. It is not a good place to be. Hopefully doing something like your CMAP will educate you when it comes to financial. I think that's part of it, isn't it? Stuff. Our lack of, the lack of education. Exactly. Like, I don't think I'd know, I, well, I wouldn't know half as much mm-hmm. as I do. And I have family that are in the financial advisory business. Um, immediate family and, uh, as well. Yeah, immediate family, not even like 14 <coughs> cousins away, which is a real possibility because I'm half Greek. Um, no, yeah, real immediate, like talk to them fairly regularly family. And I... Bear, most of my financial in fact I think you'd be my first port of call for anything financial <laughs> which is wild considering my history however <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pause this and say this is actually a really nice opportunity to do something I haven't done before and this is to plug my other podcast oh so there's something called the She's only cheating on us I'm not cheating this is a, a side a very side hustle because I do not have time for another future in finance it's called the only finance podcast you can find it on instagram tiktok and youtube and it is all about taking the shame out of talking about money and to give people a financial education don't know what an interest rate is great let us tell you don't know what to do because you got into a huge amount of debt and you don't want to tell anyone about it i feel you i have been there me and my co-host can help we can talk to you about stuff go and check it out subscribe Have a listen, see if you like it, tell us what you think. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will see there is a very similar setup in the fact that, yes, it is also filmed in my daughter's bedroom and we just shift all of the furniture that way. But go and check it out. I am going to stop and we can go back to the CMAP stuff. Back to this, yeah. Sorry. What what is it they say? Thank you. Sorry for the interruption in service. Back to our regularly scheduled content. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That is the annual percentage rate. The other thing with consumer credit that we need to know about is that you have to be given a statutory... 14 day cooling off period for consumer credit okay it is a rule i think it's probably good to know for your exam because it feels like exam question material so official take backsy territory yeah so you can take backsy in this yeah so usually if you take out a product it's like you've got a seven day cooling off period the cooling off period if you don't know is 
the time that you have to pull out of a contract that you have agreed to go into. There are Is certain... that a penalty free? Yes. Very consumer credit, yes. Okay. Obviously if you're taking a car out and rent it off in that fourteen day period and then go, I don't want this anymore that's why there's caveats with it. Right, okay, yeah. Similarly, if you'd invested in a product that had a cooling off period and during the time you'd invested that money, during that cooling off period, your investment had dropped, you would only get back the amount that it was worth after yeah. it had dropped. So there... <coughs> Sorry. Oh, There are um, different rule sets dependent on the product, but generally speaking, with consumer credit, it's 14 days. With mortgages, you get the cooling off period at the start of the mortgage before you've bought the house. So, Maria, right. let's say you apply for a mortgage with Lloyd's Bank. They say, cool, you look like a great customer. We are going to offer you this mortgage, mm-hmm. provided that all the information that you've told us is true. We just have to go away and do the checks and check the house and do the solicitor stuff. Yeah, make sure it's not a daydream. Exactly. At that point, when they come back and offer you that product based on everything being lined up, you have a seven-day reflection period so you okay. have seven days to reflect and go, do I want this mortgage? Do I not? Once you go back to them, you are committed at that point. Got it. If the sale of the house falls through way further down the line, there are allowances for that. But you can't just pick up the keys and live in the house for two days and be like, fun fact, don't want to live here anymore. It turns out it's a bit of a shithole. Can't do that. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So we have boxed off cooling off periods. I just need to check what is next on our to-do list. Oh, credit referencing. This is a good one. So we've spoken about credit scores. Credit referencing agencies are the guys that hold your credit scores. There's a few different ones. I don't fully understand why there are a few different ones, but depending on which lender you apply to credit for will depend on which credit referencing agencies that you use. Okay. The standout ones are, I think it's Equifax, Experian, and Check My File. They've also got like ClearScore. And it's wild because yeah. depending on which one you look at, your credit score will be slightly different. Interesting. A lot of um, lenders or the broker that I used to work for, we would go off that check my file because you can download your credit report, your complete credit report for free. So a lot of lenders will also use that service because they are seeing a comprehensive credit report and that's what they need to see. They need to make sure you're good at managing your money. So if you are declined for credit for any particular reason and sometimes the lender won't tell you why, they'll just say it's something on your credit file. They have no legal obligation to tell you what's on That's your credit file. so annoying. What they do have to do, though, is tell you which credit referencing agency that you've used. Okay. It can happen. In fact, this happened to my other half. He didn't know that he'd not paid, like, a £7 phone bill four years ago because he's moved addresses and one thing and another. Yeah. Um, and I think he's got a CCJ on his file for £7. <laughs> no way. Because he had no idea about <gasps> it. And he's only just now realised because I was like, hey, have you checked your credit score recently? Because I'm that person and he's checked it and he's been bigly miffed to quote Donald Trump. That's hilarious. So check your credit file. It's a really good thing to do for everybody. Even if you've never had credit, check it. Because if you've lived in a house and you've moved house and you forgot to pay your last council tax bill, it'll be on your credit file and you will know about it. I mean, it's as simple as what can they give you a, a CCJ for? Like, for parking exactly. tickets. Exactly. And that's Not it. Not paying the toll charge on the bloody Runcorn Bridge. I feel like somebody's speaking from angered God, experience. I fucking hate that bridge. <laughs> I will literally do an hour and a half detour to avoid paying their poxy two pound charge. Wow. Fuck those guys. Anyway. Moving on. <sighs> I felt like that just needed, <laughs> needed to get that to off my out. chest. 
Um, yeah, check your credit file, but what we need to know for the purposes of CMAP is if you are declined for credit, the company that have declined you for that credit have a legal obligation to provide you with the credit referencing agency. If there's something on the, your credit file that isn't right, you can actually, it's a really long process, but you can have it removed. So you'd have to take it out with the relevant okay. company that had given you the the reason for. Yeah, but you can have it removed, so it's not the end of the world if you see something. It's just a, a fucking ball. Obviously, ache. they're not going to make it easy. No, but you can change it if okay. it if it well, is that's wrong. That's good to know. The consumer credit source book has 20, 15 sections to it. Yes, it has fifteen sections to it. Not going to run through the sections because I've mentioned already. It doesn't make for great listening, but actually, I think we've summed up consumer credit pretty well. Do you feel like you've got a better understanding of it? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much what it says on the tin, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you just have to know did, what you have to know about it. Did you learn some stuff? Yeah, I think so. And that's what's important. So I think this is it for this week's episode. You can find us on YouTube if that's where you're watching us. If you are listening on literally any podcast platform, you can find us on all the other ones and on YouTube. Please go and check us out on Instagram on tiktok like subscribe comment send us messages when you've listened to this let us know what you liked always give us feedback too if there's something you like that was a bit shit tell us about it yeah we i mean we might not pay attention we might just send you a thumbs up but it's always good to have feedback and every time you guys message us it gives us the the feels right in the feely bits (laughs) (laughs) makes our day i think is what you're trying to say that's what i was trying to say there yeah thanks maria (laughs) Uh, so yeah that's That's all from us thanks for tuning in we'll catch you next week thank you cute outro music (laughs) 